So here we are, ready to engage with the Holy Spirit, what He's going to say to us through the, his, most, his most Holy Word. And it's a privilege for us to get together and just share and hear God's Word. Just take your Bibles, please, and turn to the book of Philippians, chapter 2. Chapter 2 and verse 3. And it says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's a one translation. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. This translation we'll be looking at says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Last week we looked uh, the first uh, Sunday for this for our church, and we looked at the topic about um, um, trust, the ability for us to trust and worry. Human nature almost forces us to be a people who are forever wanting to worry. If we are not in control, we don't know what's happening, we are, uh, find ourselves worrying. How's it going to happen? If I do that, is this going to work out? Is that not going to work out? And we looked at the Word of God and we got encouraged that actually worry is not for us. Not for us who are born again, those who follow Him, those who serve Him. We are not to worry. We are to trust in Him. Because when we trust in Him, we don't need to understand. And if you don't need to understand, then we will not be worrying. And then this morning we speak about surrender. Surrender. You will worry if you do not surrender. We made a statement that said that actually our human nature calls us to want to find out everything. We want to know. We want to know. But the Word of God says that we are not to worry. There are certain things that we will not know on this earth. On this side of this grave, of the grave, should I say, we will, there are things that we will not get to find out. But that's okay, because he who knows is trustworthy. He who knows is um, con- constant, consistent, is the same forever. And so this morning, we continue looking and understanding how this life applies to us here on earth. I've often said, we are here. We have the most holy, His most holy word. And we need to understand how it applies to us today. It's one thing to read it. It's another thing to apply what it says. But we need to know what to apply. And so here we, 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 we look at Paul right into the Corinthians. And um, he instructs the believers 
of that day, as, he's, as the Lord Jesus Christ through His Holy Spirit is instructing us today, that we are to value others above themselves. We are to value others above ourselves. I'm to value you above myself. We are to look out for others' interests more than our interest. We do not elevate ourselves above others. But willingly, we are a, a, a people who are to sacrificially look at others beyond ourselves. Look at others more than ourselves. And we, we will see that when, all, when this happens, when all believers are like that, we are, we are like-minded in that way. We have one mind. We are looking for each other, out for each other, rather than ourselves first. Everyone somehow is scared for. Everyone somehow is scared for. We will see that. And Paul continues, I mean, he, he has the same instructions to the Galatians when he says that we are, they, they should... Carry each other's burdens. Carry each other's burdens. Galatians 6. Same um, exhortation. Same encouragement. Let's care for others more than we care for ourselves first. And he continues in Galatians and says that um, we should do good to all, especially believers fellow believers. Now that in itself is a difficult statement. It's a difficult encouragement because I know as a human um, the first instinct is about me. I want to worry about me. Am I safe? Am I secure? Am I um, satisfied? Am I okay? Then I worry about Perhaps my family, are they okay? Are they secure? Are they satisfied? And then thereafter, maybe I worry about my extended family. But Paul encourages us here that we are to worry about each other because we are the family of God. We are together. We are the church of the living God. We are alive. And I am to worry about you more than I am to worry about me. I am to worry about you more than I am to worry about me. Now, this statement is a difficult one. I'll be honest, it's a difficult one to, 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 to state. But the, the, the good thing for us is that Jesus, our great example, our perfect example, was the epitome of servanthood. He showed us how to do this. He showed us that actually I can't care for you more than I care for myself. He did. One of the stories um, as to how he showed us is, you remember, shortly after he finished washing the, his disciples' feet, remember that? A, 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 a um, deed that is actually done by the lowliest of the low, 
the lowest in society, the slaves, those who do not have some sort of uh, uh, standard, as it were. They wash their, uh, the, the master's feet. And we know that you think about washing feet is not the greatest image, isn't it? And in those days, it was uh, more sandals. It was not closed shoes. It was sandals where um, there was dust. Guys walked and so when I have as your slave, now that I wash your dirty feet. But I had to because I'm your slave. I am low. Jesus did that for his disciples. Jesus, the almighty king, the owner of the universe, came down to earth, did not compare his qualities that he has, came down to earth and showed us how to be servant-hearted. When he did that, he says this, he said this to them, a new commandment I give to you. Love one another. Love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you love one another. See that in John 13, verse 34 to 35. See, Jesus' love was self-sacrificial. He acted... For the best of others rather than his own glory. How often are we, do we do that? How often do we act best interest of others? It's easier to somehow act out for the best interest of those who are close to us. Perhaps my wife, perhaps my children, perhaps those who, the family, those who are, it's slightly easier but not necessarily easiest. Because human nature is against that. But the beautiful and the good news this morning is that Jesus Christ is, was, and still is through His Spirit our perfect example. And if you and I believe what his word says, that we have been transformed into the image, his image and his likeness, that we have been transformed daily, if you and I believe that, what scripture says is true, then thinking of others before ourselves actually is indeed possible. It actually is indeed possible. Because we are being transformed. We are following him. He's leading us. So Paul encourages the Philippians. Let's look out for each other. More than ourselves. He counsels the Galatians. The same. Care for them. When you see your brother in need, care for them. Give them. You've got two cloaks. Take one and give the, one who do, the second one to the one who does not have. Look out for each other, especially in the family of believers. Now, if you look at this scripture, uh, we see that there are two negatives in the first part of this verse, which then is followed by a positive. See, there's an argument here. It's a, it's a, it's a, you look at it, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. 
But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Now you think to yourself, that's quite face value, that's quite straightforward. Hello, let's, let's uh, not do stuff for ourselves, let's do stuff for, for the person next. That's face value is quite straightforward. But why do you think the Holy Spirit, through Paul, felt the need to write this easy scripture to the, 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 the Philippian church and the church at large then? It's easy. Let me not do anything out of selfish ambition. Actually, let me look out for you guys. But there must be a reason why. And that's what we want to find out. What is the reason this was written to the Philippian church? What is the reason um, it's written to us today? And how do we apply it in our lives as we live this life for His glory? So there must be some sort of uh, uh, strongholds in our minds. There must be something that is causing us not to, to follow these um, uh, exhortation, these why does it, why is, was it necessary for Paul to encourage, these are believers, these are people who know um, Christ, these are people who uh, understand how to live in the Christian world, but Paul felt the need to encourage them, let's live this way. He says, uh, uh, don't do this, don't do this, but then I'll tell you what you need to do. Why? There must, be, there must have been strongholds. Like today, there are strongholds in, this, in our minds, in the world, in the church that we find ourselves in. There are strongholds that are holding us back, that are stopping us from loving each other like Jesus has commanded us to do. There are strongholds that are, that are uh, um, stopping us from living out this life that will, will direct people towards Him, him who is uh, who's victorious, Him that we have surrendered to. There are strongholds that um, stop us from surrendering everything. There are strongholds that are holding us back, that are causing us to worry about 2023 and into the future. Maybe because of our past experiences, there are strongholds. But the Word of God says that we do not fight um, these strongholds. We don't fight each other. We, the, the, the fight is between... Uh, is in the spiritual realm. We fight in prayer. We fight for each other in prayer. So before I even see you, uh, I fight for you in prayer so that those strongholds can be broken. Yes, we are saved, but we live in a fallen world. And because we live in a fallen world, we are surrounded by activities that are not right, that are not godly. So we have to, be, we have to recognize the fact that that is true. We cannot be all so naive that we are saved. And so it's all okay. We're in a battle. We're in a battle. And so there are strongholds. So Paul found the need to write to these Philippians, these church members, his friends, to tell them, actually, the way to overcome self is to think of others. But the way to think of others is, is hard when you're thinking about yourself. I cannot think of you when I am on the throne uh, of my life. So Paul encourages us, encourages them. He brings this argument that says, promoting self for self-glory has a 
converse, has uh, a, a um, uh, has a solution. So you don't want to look at yourself, you don't want to promote yourself, I I'll show you how not to promote yourself. He says then, esteem others better than yourself. Esteem others better than yourself. Let nothing be done through self-ambition. Nothing means nothing. Nothing is ju not just, okay, now a little bit, I'll, I'll, I'll look promote or look uh, out for you more with those things, but other things I look for myself. No, no. It says, let nothing be done. Nothing means nothing through selfish ambition or conceit. But how do you do that? Is it we esteem others better than ourselves? So this is what you are not to do. Don't do this. But then he goes on and says, do this. How? But in loneliness of mind. The trouble for us as believers is that there's a, there's a spirit of pride in us. There's a spirit of pride in us. That spirit of pride shown before Christians is actually an indication of a lack of humility. Lack of humility before, before God and before others. Loneliness of mind is the opposite of selfish ambition and conceit. Here, what Paul is saying to us, he says um, we are to uh, have loneliness of mind. The word mind here is actually your attitude. It's actually your attitude. You, the, the last stronghold to yield and surrender to the King of Kings or before God himself is what? Generally in our regeneration is our attitude. Other areas, we are, it's, easy, it's easier to surrender. Perhaps it's easy to surrender to um, leadership or to follow this way. But your attitude is an area that needs to be called to, um, um, to be called to surrender. You need to call it out. How is your attitude? How is your attitude? See, an attitude is more than just thinking. An attitude is a habit of thinking, a frame of reference by which we make value judgments. So the value judgments that we make, the things that uh, we stand by, are all based on the fact of how our attitudes are. So, you know, the attitude about, you know, maybe, uh, you know, the, the New Year's resolutions, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to be fit and all those kind of things. That's an attitude there. You either have to uh, place that attitude in the right place and you hold on to it and you go to the gym and you do those changes uh, or not. It all boils down to your attitude. A 
And so Paul encourages us here that we are to lay low our attitudes so that we do not feel the need to self-glorify um, ourselves. We have to lay down our attitudes. Because actually, if I think I'm better than you, what is happening there? It's my attitude. I am, my attitude says I'm better than you. Because A, maybe I am more handsome. Or B, I've got more whatever. Uh, because, so it's my attitude, isn't it? And I come and look down upon you through my attitude. But then your attitude translates into your actions. Jesus, the perfect example through his attitude, did not look down on his disciples. He decided, actually, I'm going to go low and wash their feet. That was an attitude which then translated into action. It's one thing to say, you know, with my attitude, oh, I'll care for you, I'll, 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 I'll look for you, I'll have, uh, uh, I'm not as selfish towards you. I can say those things. But the what did they say? The proof is in the pudding. Your actions do speak louder than your words. And it all comes down from the, this place of attitude. So the antidote or the remedy to pride for you and I is humility. It's humility. It's considerations of others before ourselves. That's a hard thing to to say. It's a hard statement to make. Because we know in our culture today, what? If you're humble, I will squash you. If you're humble, I will walk all over you. If you're not assertive, I will knock you out. I will bulldoze over you and I'm uh, going to go past you. This is the society we live in. But Jesus is uh, the opposite. He says, actually, you have to be lowly in mind. You are to be humble. And as you do those things, the things that you, if you're not humble, you want to be great. He says, if you're humble, I will make you great. And if you make yourself great, it's easier for you to fall because that thing does not last. But if I make you great, it will stand because I have made you great. In our society, we, we um, um, are taught, we need to we need to be proud. We need to be assertive. We need to be, we need to be charismatic. We've got to, got to, got to. But Jesus, through his words, says, actually, the, the antidote for me uh, from being selfish, because self-assertiveness, those um, cultural things that we are taught, actually speak about us and promote us. And want us to rise up and be the God of this age, as it were. Jesus says, no. Go low. Go low. And he says, let each esteem others better than themselves. We have to count it to be true that others are better than us. Now, how hard is that? You know, we've got some engineers here, we've got some teachers here, we've got some, some very um, different professions, different... But the Word of God says that we are to count each other higher than ourselves. How easy is that for you to count the beggar on the street higher than yourself? How easy is that? 
It's not easy for me. Remember that we, we always look up. We look up to people who have achieved, people who have gone, people who have more. We never look down. I want to make that statement. There's obviously a temptation to water it down. In an age in which self-esteem is so central to our value system, the thought of attributing esteem to others is actually foreign to us today. The scripture doesn't say that we're to be lowly in mind only to those who have more than us, only to those who are uh, uh, brighter than us, have more brains than us, or those who are more handsome and more beautiful. It doesn't say that. It says to all. Let's put them above ourselves. Now for you, I would imagine it's the same as it is for me. One of the hardest things in society is to put others before myself. I'd like to say I do, but I don't don't always. And this past week I had two incidents where I had to repent. Where I had an opportunity to put people in front of me. And I didn't do that. And this was after I was preparing for this. It's as though God gave an opportunity. Well, there's someone who's low, lowly, lower than you in status, as it were. He has an opportunity for you to put them, them before you. And I didn't do that. And man, are be, uh, uh, obviously God, condemnation doesn't come from, from God. He forgives. Uh, so I realized that and I apologized and I, I repented of that and I said, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I didn't treat that person um, the way I should have treated them. I did not present you to that person. I did not show that person you in me. And there'll be other opportunities. There'll be other opportunities. And then the, the, the probably most common one was in traffic. And um, you know, we talk about those little traffic demons that come out of us. <laughs> they came. <laughs> and um, something happened. And I did not respond the way I, was ma- I should have responded. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I did not respond the way I should have responded. <laughs> and then I had to repent again and say, God, I'm sorry. And in fact, when I retract, when I look back, I was actually at fault. <laughs> I was at fault. 
not the other person, not the, the driver, but in the moment I thought, no man, you are wrong. You're wrong. What's wrong with you? I did not respond this way. I did not put them first. But God is merciful. God is gracious. And see, the word other here is a reciprocal pronoun. This speaks to a community where everyone is considering the other person. Everyone is considering the other person. I consider you above me, and you consider me above you. Can you imagine what fellowship would have? What world would be, how the world would be like? I'm forever thinking about you first, and you're trying to think about me first. What fellowship would have? Of course, we know that the God of this age, the enemy, is um, busy in the world, but we are set apart, we are different. And we had to set the example to each other, each other, but also to the world out there. To the world out there. So in conclusion, lowliness of mind, effectively, all of this that I've said, what Paul was trying to address to us or encourage the Philippians church, and the Spirit of God is addressing um, this warning, is loneliness of mind, is the ability to be humble. The ability to surrender and remain humble for His glory. Not your glory, because sometimes we want to be the ones who are right. And if I'm right, I'll get the glory. I'm right. But we've got to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. How do we do that? It's from a state of um, an attitude. Attitude that is poised and, and kind of... Um, that looks to him to help us, but looks for others, the best of others more than ourselves. So it's about attitude which then translates into humility with our actions. It's one thing to say, I'm humble. I'm a humble guy. How do you guys see that I'm humble? You're a humble person. Do I see? Do we see that we ha- you are humble? Our attitude should be one of consideration toward others. So that driver that I was not excited about, I should have been more considerate to them, first and foremost. And the trouble is that we um, often have an exaggerated estimation of ourselves. We think too high of ourselves, too high of ourselves. Ever, we are to elevate other, others more than ourselves. We are to remember that everything we have, the very car that I was driving that caused, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm the man uh, on this road. That thing was given to me by God. He gave it to me. He gave that person the car. Everything belongs to Him, and we come to a place where we realize that everything belongs to Him. 
Our very lives belong to Him. And, so, and we ought to then surrender everything back to Him. Help us, Father, to have an attitude that brings glory to your, to your most holy name. When we have that state of mind, when we realize that we are not better than each other. Yes, some of you have more brains than I do, but that's okay. Um, but I still, you're to still um, have um, consideration for me. I might have more brains than others. I'm still to consider others more than myself. And I'm not saying that we ought to then um, think, oh, foolishly, oh, no, no, they, 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 they have um, things that I don't have, qualities that I don't have. It's true, you're cleverer than me. God gave you the cleverness. We've got to acknowledge that. But it's how we handle it in our attitude. So the encouragement this morning is that we are to watch and surrender our attitudes. And in humility, consider others before or above ourselves. And like I said to you, this is humanly impossible. But because the Spirit of God lives in us, it is indeed possible. But we have to be ones who decide to allow him to do that in our lives. So all of that, in effect, says, let's do things for each other. Let's consider one another more than consider ourselves. Let me, let me consider you first, and you consider me first. And as we do that, it will bring glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Father, thank you for your most holy word. Thank you, Lord, that your word is seemingly simple yet profound. Thank you, God, that you don't give us and say things that, that's uh, impossible because you are with us. I thank you, Father, that through you, your Holy Spirit, it is possible not to do things out of selfish ambition, but to consider others more than ourselves. And as we do that, God, we are not less than, but actually, God, we bring glory to your name and we become great because of you. Thank you, Lord, that you help us. You say that when we are weak, actually we are strong because you're in us. To though your kingdom is a kingdom of upside down. We are to go low to go up. We are to give so that we can have. It's a kingdom of almost opposites. But Father, thank you that you're with us. And that you help us to live this life. In Jesus' name. Amen.